The text for the message this evening is 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 8 to 11. We'll read that together. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, December 31, the last day of the year, all are thinking about time and how clocks just keep on ticking. Time keeps on moving. The Sovereign Lord stays in heaven. He, he looks down on all that He has, His hands have made. Nations rising and falling. Nations are threatening each other. As always, the wheat and the tares grow together in the field. As in the days of Isaiah, and the days of the Thessalonians, the devil is working hard to deceive the nations with his lies, to punish those who cling to the truth. But Christians know that his days are numbered. Christ Jesus continues to gather, defend, uh, gather and defend his church in a world that is hostile to the promise of the gospel. And we can trust in him to preserve us until he comes again. That theme of patient expectation returns many times in Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. God remains sovereign and nothing that we are seeing today is out of his control. In fact, God is sanctifying his people through their suffering. We could see that it is of chapter 4 verse 3, the will of God that we be sanctified. And he urges us, chapter 4 verse 12, to live, to aspire, to live quietly, to mind our own affairs, to work with our hands so that we may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. And then one day he will come again unexpectedly like a thief in the night. Chapter 4 verse 16, the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trumpet, the dead in Christ will rise first. Keeping that big picture in mind and living in the daily expectation of Christ's return, that's what distinguishes Christians from non-Christians, from the, the, the difference between wisdom from foolishness, hope from despair. Obeying the Spirit's command to be sober, Christians focus on the gospel message, which I proclaim to you this evening under the theme, God has brought us another year closer to our Lord's return. And we look ready and we look forward. In the context of the coming of the Lord Jesus, who comes like a thief in the night, who catches the wicked Unaware, like labor pains of a pregnant woman, the Holy Spirit reminds the church that although we do not know the day of and time of Christ's return, we do know that He is coming. This knowledge is what sets us apart from a world that does not believe in God or in His word of revelation. 
The contrast that is made in our text is the contrast between someone who is asleep and someone who is awake, and between someone who is drunk and someone who is sober. The first picture is easy enough for any one of us to understand. People who are asleep are unaware of what is happening around them. You know that, children, when you wake up in the morning, you don't remember at all what happened during the night. During the night, while you're sleeping, it's dark. Your eyes are closed. Time and events just pass by. If a thief enters in your home while you're sleeping, you're completely surprised. People who are awake, however, are seeing things. Their eyes are open. They're thinking things. They're going about their task. They're able to see if someone walks up to their house. They are not surprised by anything because they are awake. The second picture of a drunk person is similar except that the drunk person is somewhat more active. When we compare a sober, focused police officer interacting with a drunk person, the, two, the contrast between the two becomes very clear. The drunk stumbles, his mind and his vision are, are swaying, he boasts with slurred speech, and he stands up to people he ordinarily fears, like a foolish child picking a fight with a bear that's just walking by minding its own business. In contrast, the police officer is in complete control of his own body. He understands the, the big picture. He could see clearly. He remains very useful. Well, Christians are called children of the day, verse 5, not of the night, not of the darkness. And that the Holy Spirit's exhortation, verses 6 to 8a, is very, very clear. So then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober. In our text, the sleeping person or the drunk person is compared to people who do not believe in Jesus Christ. They're not expecting him to come again. Ironically, the apostle would include the very people who call themselves woke in the crowd of those who are asleep and the so-called progressives among those who are drunk and the denial of the truth of the foundations of life. Saying peace and security, we see it around us. They, they indulge in their little world and their opinions. They're blinded to the fact that Jesus Christ is coming again. In contrast, the Holy Spirit compares Christians to those clear-minded, self-controlled, well-balanced people in the world who are able to understand the times, who give the urgent help that is needed. Christians know, we know that God exists, that he forgives the sins of those who, who call on him, and that he will return again. The apostles' call to wake up is a call to be ready, waiting, prepared for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
As we end the year, we ask that question, are we awake? Are we aware? Well, Paul defines being awake, aware, sober, as putting on a breastplate and a helmet. Being sober is closely connected to how we clothe ourselves. Our clothing is part of our strategy. It reveals a course of action, the course of action we have chosen in order to face the challenges that are placed in front of us. We often have this moment where we have to choose our course of action. You're about to go outside, you look at the thermometer, mine is 30-something. Well, we clothe ourselves, it's a strategy, it's a course of action. We prepare ourselves for what we are to face by what we clothe ourselves with. Policemen or soldiers who are expecting danger, they will prepare for that danger in how they dress. So what should we put on when we are waiting for the coming of the Lord? In a time when, like we read in Isaiah 59, verse 15, truth is lacking, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. Now, noticeably absent in this description are the swords and shields and shoes needed for offensive action that are mentioned in the armor of God passage of Ephesians 6. The Holy Spirit tells us that sober people will put on the things that will ensure that they remain connected to Jesus Christ. Put on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet of the hope of salvation. And there's a striking connection to the figurative language that the Lord used in Isaiah 59 verse 17. In that passage that we read together, the Lord declares that he himself would don the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation as he came in vengeance to restore justice and truth and establish the Redeemer. Paul now uses the same parts of armor, but he urges us to see that our breastplate and our helmet are derivative. God is the righteous one with the breastplate of righteousness and we share in his righteousness through faith which leads to our desire to love our neighbor. God is the one who brings salvation. He has the, the helmet of salvation and we share in the salvation he brings through our helmet of hope hope of salvation. He is the one who avenges and we can trust in that he will bring justice. Basically, Paul is urging Christians to submit to God's work, to shield ourselves with his triumphs and to share in all that God has obtained for us in his grace. That's what it means to be awake and ready. Breastplates protect us from shots at our heart. Faith in God protects us from the desire of the enemy to try control us through our emotions or to work wrong desires in our hearts, to confuse us by changing the definitions of emotions like love 
or words like grace and peace. When we believe in the truth of the scriptures and in the God who saves us from the judgment we deserve, then all the attempts to try and make us feel foolish for being different, they cannot last. If faith in the triumphant God, loving God and loving our neighbor also protects our hearts because this love gives us evidence that the truth of God that we're a part of really makes a difference in the world that we live in. The self-sacrificial love of a Christian brings their charity, their kindness, their mercy, and their usefulness to a level that is unattainable by anyone who lives in the so-called drunken slumber in the darkness. With a breastplate of faith and love, Christians do everything with that big picture, Christ coming back. Our whole lives are just for glorifying God. We stand out for our level-headed, sober approach to life, our certainty in the victory of Jesus Christ, our freedom to love our neighbor regardless of their ability to give anything back. And as we enter 2022, we show that we are ready for the return of Christ if we are busy loving our neighbor, even in the midst of fierce opposition. Helmets protect us from shots to the head. Our minds need to be protected from the darkness, from getting mired down in the latest emergency of the day, in the complacency of a person sleeping, in the distract, distracted addiction to indulging in a decaying culture. The antidote to the media-generated feeling of despair that overcomes those who can never pass a day without drinking from the poison fountain on their smartphones is the gospel of Christ's victory. Are you finding that you feel despair when you look around at all the, the temporary things that are crumbling around us? Brothers and sisters, put on the helmet of the hope of salvation and protect yourself. The hope of salvation is a reference to the certainty of Christ's work. Our understanding that we as church are citizens of a heavenly kingdom and our expectation of his imminent return. The clothing that sober people put on connects them directly to Jesus Christ. Every day allows us to look past the depressing realities and despairs of the day to the glorious eternity we have with our Father in heaven that begins right now. And so we look forward. The word for at the beginning of our text gives us the reason for being sober in our faith, hope, and love. That's actually in verse, verse 9. For God has not destined us for wrath. The four shows us why we can have faith, hope, and love. Why we are different than those who live in darkness. With a confidence that is based 
on the delighted reception of the word of the gospel, the loving fellowship of Christ's church, the apostle could assure his readers that they had not been appointed or destined for God's wrath. The wrath of God to come will not fall on those who turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God for his Son from heaven, or for those who are waiting for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. We read that in 1 Thessalonians 1, verses 9 and 10. It's a reminder that Christians who believe in Jesus Christ, Christians who who are afflicted for the sake of his name, those who live with sober expectation of his coming, we can look forward to better things. If we believe in Jesus Christ and we live as awake and aware children of the day, then we never have to worry about the wrath of God. It's a beautiful way to begin a new year. Rather, we read, God has destined us to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us so that whether we are asleep or awake, we might live with him. We could see again as we begin this year how our faith in Jesus Christ makes all the difference. It's life-changing. The gospel message that he died to save believers from the wrath that is coming is completely comforting. It's with us always. It's a guarantee that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, not even death itself. That's what he's saying. Whether we are awake, here it means alive, or asleep, here it means dead, we are always with the Lord Jesus, our Savior. That means we don't need to fear anything. Once connected to Christ by faith, we remain with him forever. That the friendship is forever. We are always part of his body. We can never lose our salvation. It doesn't matter if we are awake or asleep. God preserves his church. Well, as Paul comes to this conclusion a second time in this short section of his letter, he again urges believers to encourage one another, to build one another up with this promise. The word encourage has the sense of comforting in hardships, giving support to one another when we are facing challenges. The word for build up is focused on helping one another to grow. And as he speaks of doing this one to another, we see that this concern for well-being with, the, with others in the body of Christ takes place in our personal relationships to one another. Well, the exhortations that follow at the chapter 5, verse 12 and following, they highlight what this looks like. It takes place when those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord admonish you. Encouragement and building others up take place when believers, brothers and sisters, verse 14, admonish the idle. Encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Are patient with them all. 
When a brother or sister is treated in an evil way, the church is called to see that they respond with the desire to do good. Verse 15, growth and building each other up comes with an unceasing focus on rejoicing, on praying, giving thanks in all circumstances. We we could think of the Bible studies we have planned for, for the new year, how important that is for us as we look forward to the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Spirit speaking to us through prophecies and through preaching must not be quenched. Although we should be alert to test everything, abstain from every evil, as chapter 5, verses 19 to 22. How do we react to hardships? How do we show that we are ready for our Lord's coming? Think of your life. Think of your day-to-day activities, your life as a family, as a congregation. In our sober-minded faith, in Jesus Christ, in our sincere love for God and for our neighbor, and in our joyful hope of salvation in Jesus Christ. Well, we have learned a lot about ourselves in 2021. We have seen differences that had always existed but are becoming more manifest. We've seen that it is our faith in Jesus Christ that unites us and that traditions, family, political views and opinions about legitimate worship practices are not enough to hold us together. How can we reach that desired unity as a body of Christ? I look to our text again. It's that big picture. It's by looking past all these distractions. Whether the virus is as dangerous as they say or not, or whether the government is as dangerous as they say or not, we are in greater danger if we lose sight of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. If we fall asleep, we become drunk on the addictions of the world. Brothers and sisters, let us Begin 2022 on the right foot, sober, aware, awake, armed with faith, and love, and hope of salvation as we honestly replace our desire to be proven right with a God-given genuine concern for the encouragement and building up of our neighbors. We are God's children. First of all, saved from his coming wrath in Jesus Christ. We can look forward to his coming with anticipation. We we sing it. We sang it recently. Come, Lord Jesus. Maranatha. His kingdom cannot fail. Amen.